Area 941 podcast are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. This is the Area 941 Radio Walensky Podcast. I'm Richard Walensky, and we're talking about books, about theater, about film, about television, and from time to time, even about KPFA, Pacifica Radio. Richard Kahnema is the Bay Area reviewer for the theater website Talkin' Broadway. When I first met him a few years back, all I knew was that he'd been writing reviews for several years and was the dean of local reviewers. Later, after speaking with his longtime partner, Eddie, I learned that Richard had spent decades as a stills photographer in Hollywood at Warner Brothers and Republic Pictures, starting with the end of World War II. I approached Richard three years ago with the possibility of an interview, but fate intervened. Eddie died suddenly, and the interview had to be postponed. About a year ago, Richard began having health issues with, ultimately, the diagnosis of a benign brain tumor, which limits how he speaks. His speech is now halting and difficult. I've taken the liberty of editing as best as I could the interview flow. As you'll hear, Richard only touches on events in his life and the people he's met. He is currently working on a memoir, assisted by two friends from Los Angeles, which is about one-third complete. Now, at the age of 91, he is still active and continues to write reviews. Richard Kahnema, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Pequa, Ohio. Were you interested in photography? This would yes. be in the 20s and 30s. Yes. I had a 8-millimeter Bell on Howell in high school. Do you remember what first got you interested in getting the camera? The 8th grade I saw 42nd Street on film, and I said, I get myself a camera. I bought it myself. How'd you get the money? My father owned a hotel in Pequa, Ohio, and I bellhopped the hotel. Did any famous people ever come through the hotel? WPA workers. <laughs> <laughs> How far was that from a big city? 30 miles outside of Dayton. And then you were drafted. How old were you when you were drafted? 18, 1944. I had basic training for six weeks in Lackland, Texas. I was sent to Fort Dix after that, and I spent four weeks in combat photography school. How did they find out that you were a photographer? You just said, I'm a photographer, and they gave you a camera? I had an affair for two weeks in Texas with an officer, and he sent me to combat school, combat photography. When you had the affair, was that your first time with a guy? No, no. <laughs> I came out at... Uh, Hall Catholic High School, and it was all boys. So they sent you to the Philippines first? I landed in Perth, Australia, and I had combat training in New Guinea 
for one solid week and was assigned to General MacArthur's staff, and I photographed the invasion of Luzon. So you were photographing just normal soldiers? Were you staying with MacArthur? No, I was staying with many, a lot of soldiers. Did you see any action? I saw too much action, and I was in the Battle of Manila, and I was on the Missouri with the surrender of the Japanese, and it was four photographers on board the Missouri, and I got shot at many, many times. Must have been pretty scary. Yes. I didn't think my shit would stink. Did you meet MacArthur? Yes. What was he like? Egotistical. Caesar complex. And you saw that just in talking to him? Yes. He can walk on water, so he says. The war ends, and how long before you were discharged? December 2nd, 1946. So you were discharged a whole year and a half later. Yeah. I went to Japan with MacArthur. Did you head down to Hiroshima at all? No. I headed to India, Calcutta, after the war. And I filmed three weeks of R&R training. When you say you filmed, this was different. This was actual motion picture Mm -hmm. film. Were you mostly... A, a combat stills photographer or motion picture? I had two cameras, a Pathé and a Leica still camera. Which did you like more? Still camera, Leica. After India, you get discharged. Had you met anybody who said go to Hollywood at that point? No. I went back to Piqua, Ohio, and I enrolled at Xavier University, and I was there for one solid year. And an older gentleman said, fly out to Hollywood. And that was when I started work at Republic Studios. How'd you get the job, do you remember? Paul, Paul. The older gentleman flew me out here, and I had sex with him three weeks. And he got you the job? Yes, in Republic Studios. Who was running Republic at the time? Herbert B. Yates. He had a wife, Vera Holber Ralston. That was all stills. Was it mostly Westerns? Because Republic specialized in Westerns. I took photographs of Hopalong Cassidy, Gene Autry, and Roy Rogers. <laughs> and what were they like? Roy Rogers was in to himself. He was ACDC, bisexual. Autry and Hopalong? Egocentric. Both of them? Yes. They kind of just treated you... Like the help. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And I was with Orson Welles 
in Macbeth, and I took photographs of him many, many times. Was Macbeth done through Republic? Yes. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. What was Wells like? Another egotistical? Yes. (laughs) I had lunch with him six times, and he talked about himself. (laughs) And he asked me once, what did you do in the army? And I said, combat photographer, and he let it drop. He was ends to himself. I mean, did he come across as a genius while he was talking? Yes. I was fascinated by him. I thought Citizen Kane was the best film ever made. At that point, did you have any interest in becoming a cinematographer? No, no, no. no. You just liked what you were doing? How did you get involved in the gay scene out there? Because there were parties that you went to, right? Mm -hmm. We had four clubs, and they were downstairs, and you would have to knock on the door, and and Joe sent me. People like George Cukor had parties. Did you go to those? Yes, pool parties, swimming parties. And And who was there? Rock Hudson. Lawrence Harvey, and much of uh, character actors. Walter Pigeon was there sometimes, and Dana Andrews was there. This was at the height of the Cold War, mm-hmm. and by 1948, when you were hanging out with Orson Welles, mm-hmm. at that point, the HUAC hearings were going on. Did anybody talk about that in the studio? Yes. Yeah. When I went to Warner's in 1948, Jack Warner, every Friday night, we would have to go outside of the studio lots and raise our hand. I am an American. For one solid year, Jack informed us we would have to Pledge allegiance to the flag. Did people complain or did they just stay silent? No, no. It was stay silent. And we were so afraid we would get fired. So that was even scarier than just being gay? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. In the studios, they did not know you were gay or they did and looked the other way? Yes. They will think I was artistic. Did you have political views at that point that you felt you had to shut up about? Liberal. And you were as scared as everyone else? Yes. I knew five of the blacklisted, like Dalton Trumbo. Did you know John Garfield? Yes. He would have house parties on Saturday night, and he would go male and female and we would play Ring Around the Rosie and stop the music. And if you stopped in front of the male, and you would have to make out with him. <laughs> and if we would stop the middle of the girl, and you would have to make out of him. 
And it was six people he had invited to the house. Well, he was very liberal. In fact, he was blacklisted. Uh Did you ever talk politics with any of these people privately? I would talk politics with Ben Franklin in 1776. Howard De Silva. Yeah, Howard De Silva, yes. So you talked politics with him. And he was a character actor. Yes. So you were on the fringes of that, and you had to be very careful Uh during those years. Uh Uh-huh. How did you make the jump from Republic to Warner's? Republic Studios went belly up in 48. It was bankrupt. I had a chance to work for Warner's, and I talked to Jack Warner, and he knew of my work. What was he like? Was he another egotistical monster? Yes. He was full of himself. The first day, I went into Jack Warner's, and he said, sit down, and he told me all about himself. So now you're on the Warner's lot. Before we leave Republic, did you have to film a lot of horses? Yes. Was that hard? No, no, no. The horses were standing still. (laughs) So the problem was the people. Yes. Okay, so you go over to Warner's, and your first job was streetcar, is that correct? Mm Mm-hmm. At that point, Brando was already a legend, but he had only had one film. Uh Uh-huh. But he was a legend from Broadway. Uh Uh-huh. You met him. You met Vivian Lee. What was Vivian Lee like? She had Laurence Olivier in New York, and she was extremely lonely. Lawrence Olivier flew out to her, and he was appearing in a Blood Ray play. Out here? Yes. So they spent a lot of time together. Uh So what happened with Brando? Jack Warner called me into his office morning hours, and he said, go over to... Marlon Brando's trailer and take a costume changes pictures. I trotted over to Marlon's trailer. I knocked on the door. He said, come in. And I was shaking all over. He was a Broadway star. He said, what is your name? And I said, Richard. And he said, we'll get through this together. He disappeared into this room, and he came out with the wildest set of pajamas you ever didn't see. And he said, how does it look in streetcar? And I said, no way. And he disappeared into his regular outfit with tight shirt and muscles galore. (laughs) And I said, this was more like it. He disappeared into his little room and came out with another pair of jeans 
and he did six times. He invited me to lunch afterwards. And then he invited you home. Yes. Four straight times. You guys had a good time. Yes. He was basically known as a ladies' man, I mean. He was bisexual, rooming with Wally Cox on Broadway. And Wally was gay. Yes. Did you ever meet James Dean? Uh Uh-huh. I worked on Rebel Without a Cause and East of Eden and Giant. He was actually flighty, flighty. Did you know he was gay? Yes. He hustled before he was famous, and he hustled in Hollywood. What was Sal Mineo like, too? Another gay boy. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I went to bed with Sal two times. I was young and handsome. I have the Warner Brothers book, and I want to look at it briefly, but a couple of questions about those films. Giant meant that you also worked with Liz Taylor. Mm Mm-hmm. She was actively gay at that time. She was a lesbian? Yes. She was a lesbian, and Hudson and Dean were gay. So uh-huh. there was, they were all gay and uh-huh. giant. This was a gay Hollywood. <laughs> what about Montgomery Clift? He was the priest in I Confess. He was a very, very nice guy. If you worked on I Confess, it also means you took pictures of Hitchcock. Yes. What was he like on the set? Masterful. And he had an in for women. He didn't like actresses at all. Well, that brings up a question. We're dealing right now with stories of harassment, both sexual and Mm -hmm. non-sexual, of women. Did you see all of that, a lot of that, during your years? Yes, I know. For 20, 30 years at Warner Brothers, the producer was going to bed with male and female. I cannot mention any names. They're dead. Did anybody complain? Did the women complain about how... No, no, no. It was a different time. And the men didn't complain either? I mean... Yes, no, no. Well, what about a straight boy being propositioned by a bisexual producer? Uh-huh. George Cougar propositioned every young boy. He had success with 50% of them. Irving Rapper, who was big in Betty Davis films, he was a foot queen. He would would like to suck feet of young boys. (laughs) They would let him. Did you know pretty much who was gay and who was straight in Hollywood? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody kind of knew. Yes. But it never got out there. No. The studios would not have it. I'm looking at the Warner Brothers book here, and you have it in your lap. As you're looking through it, do you see pictures you took? It was... Day by day, I don't remember anything. There are so many movies here, yes. and you just went from one to another, right? Uh-huh. Cuddles a call. S.C.'s a call. Do you remember him? Yes. What was he like? Funny. He was known as a scene stealer. Yes. 
when they say that, do people complain like he's getting no, in my no, face or anything? No. An elderly gentleman, and they would have to get away with this. So the older guys got away uh-huh. with that. Uh-huh. This is my f- picture. Oh, that's the Fountainhead. Yes. Doris Day and Joan Crawford and Jack Carson and Dennis Morgan. You knew Joan Crawford long before what would have happened to Baby Jane. You said when we talked about Baby Jane that she was always very nice to you. Yes. So she has this reputation. She was a personal friend of mine. Oh, okay. And I was invited to her Brentwood estate many, many times. What did you think about a movie like Mommy Dearest? I thought it was abhorrence. Did you meet Christina? You must have. Yeah, I met her at least two times. She was a spoiled brat. On the set, Joan was always very professional? Uh Uh-huh. And you said that she knitted a lot? She would sit in the corner and wait for her scene and knitted a lot. She knitted me one sweater. When was the first time you met Betty Davis? On the set of Baby Jane. And you said that she was very difficult. Yes. She resented my friends with Joan Crawford. Did you see the TV show Betty and Joan? Yes. And was that pretty accurate? Uh Uh-huh. When you were watching Jessica Lange, did she remind you of Joan? Did she do a good Joan? Good, yes. She walked as Joan. (laughs) And how about Sarandon as Betty Davis? She didn't capture the mood of Betty Davis. Betty Davis walked out into the set as Baby Jane. That was untrue. The makeup men did Baby Jane face. Twenty years later, Betty Davis was up here giving a lecture at Masonic Hall on California Street. I approached her and said, do you remember me? And she said, I forgive you for being Joan's friend. And she shook my hand, hugged me. <laughs> Looking through this, uh, I see Burt Lancaster. Did you, did you know Burt Lancaster? Yes. I took photos of him. He was standoffish, very, very professional. There were rumors he was gay. Were those true? No, no. I was friends with Doris Day, five films with her, and she was from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was from Dayton, Ohio, and we were immediately bonded. And she said I was her my most favorite photographer. You know, she's got kind of 
not a great reputation now, but in movies like Love Me or Leave Me, she was very, very good in mm-hmm. her early films. Yes. She had gauze over the camera, Vaseline over the camera. She had freckles all over her face. Did you have to do any of that work with the stills then? Did you have to fix them? Yes. How did you do that? It was a process in development and printing. And the certain lights... They did special lighting yes. for her, special makeup, uh-huh. and special camera work. Uh-huh. Did you ever meet Cagney? Yeah, I met Cagney in his later years. He was Irish, and I was Irish, and we got along together. When I first met him, he said, you're a fellow Irishman, and I am going to like you. Did you ever have any dealings with Ronald Reagan? No. What about Adolf Manjou, who was an extreme right winger? Yes. What was he like in real life? Stuffy, an opinionated man. Did you do the stills for My Fair Lady? Yes. So you worked with Kukor there? That's when I foot met him. He invited me to swimming pool parties. So that's when you first met him. Mm-hmm. For that movie, did you have any special tasks in terms of getting stills, or was it just for you another movie? That is another movie. One movie to another? Yeah. I would take photographs in the early years, and it was 8 by 10 glossy prints. We would send them out to the movie houses, and that's when the old days, they had four 8 by 10s glossy prints that was running down a section in front of the movie house. So you could walk by and see your work in front of any theater. Uh Uh, Did any of your work find its way onto posters? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) B-films. And I don't remember any of them. (laughs) When you were assigned to a film, how long were you on the set, the entire production? No, day by day. We had five photographers on the list on the salary with Warner Brothers, five photographers. So it was possible that on one day you would be on one set mm-hmm. and another day a different yes. set. So you yeah. just kind of switched off. Yes. So you had your favorite sets and your least favorite. Uh-huh. Who were the least favorite people to remember that you went, oh, no, I don't want to work with them? I forgot. <laughs> Memory is sticking. <laughs> but the ones where you said, oh, wow, great, it would be Joan Crawford or any of yes. your friends. Gary Cooper, Doris Day, Clint Eastwood, James Dean, Robert Preston. Barbara Cook told me when she worked with Robert Preston that he was a total delight. Everyone loved him. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was in love with him. You you did the Music Man, right? Yes. And that means you worked with him and with Shirley Jones? I was on the three-week shoot of Music Man, and I filmed 
the Pope Coopsy number. Shapoopy. Yes. That was Buddy Hackett. Yes. Many, many photographs of the dance. The kid who plays the drum major in this, he was gay, and he didn't like being gay, and he committed suicide ten years after. I can tell you an incident involving the great race with Tony Curtis and Natalie Wood and Jack Lemon. There was a pie-throwing contest for five solid days. <laughs> they would throw pies at each other, and I got hit in the face with a, a pie. <laughs> it was all in fun. It was on the fifth day of shoot, and I got hit, and I swore Natalie would lunge it at me. <laughs> I set the camera down, and she threw up the pie at me. It was cherry pie. Well, some of this stuff I was going to ask you about difficult versus easy directors, but you didn't really work with the directors. You just worked with the actors, yes, correct? Yes, I know. Uh, you worked with John Wayne, too. Six different pictures. And he was a good guy to you, right? Yes. I first met him on the Republic set of The Fighting Kentuckian. And I can tell you a little story about it. Vera Hober Ralston, who was the wife of Herbert J. Yates and head of the Republic Studios. John told me if I have to work with Vera, I will not do it again. Two pictures with Vera two times. The Fighting Contagion, Yates wanted to put her in the picture at Leading Lady. John sat down with Yates and said, I don't want to do this with Vera for the third picture. Yates said, do this for me and I will get you out of the contract for Republic for at least seven years contract. John said, done. I want you to leave me of the contract with Republic. Did he do the film? Yes. Was he let out of the contract? Uh Uh-huh. What was wrong with her? Was she just horrible to work with? Yeah. She was an ice skater from Czechoslovakia in the 30s, and she was a world's worst actress. The Hollywood Code kind of ended with Virginia Woolf in the Mm mid-60s. I know that directors frequently played games to try to get stuff into films. They'd give up something. They'd ask for something. When it came to shooting stills, were there any limitations? Were you ever told, you can't do this because the picture that you shot had too much breast? No, no. 
Jack Warner loved a big breast. Betty Davis didn't have any breasts. <laughs> <laughs> and Joan Crawford had little cups. <laughs> you were never told this picture won't work. You just send them in, and if they don't like them, uh-huh. you don't hear back. Yes. I would send in 40 pictures a day, and they would select through them. When you're taking the stills, did a lot of actors or actresses say, only take it from this side because that's yes, my good side? Yes, And so after a while, you knew, for instance, with Crawford, exactly uh-huh. how to take a picture. Yes. The side f- photos was the best. Left face, right face. So after a while, the actors who knew you and liked working with you, part of the reason they liked working with you is because they wouldn't have to explain anything to you. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you first met an actor, would you ask them, which is your best side? Yeah. What side are your best features? Would you like me to take a profile of you for head and shoulders. Did you worry about someone having deep-set eyes and all of that and the lighting? No, no, no. I shot every photograph as is. I was taking photos of them while they work. These photos that we look at in the book... Posed pictures. Those were posed? Uh Uh-huh. How could you tell? I can tell, posed or not. I took various shots of Judy Garland working. What was Garland like? She was absolutely nice, and she had a drug problem on the set of Star is Born. Did you ever get to hear her sing during the production? Yes, I shot the man who got away and Swanee, I shot them. In the film, when you see the film, it's all pre-recorded. She's singing on the set and then it'll just be recorded over that. Uh-huh. Right? How did she sound when she didn't have to force it? Was was her voice just as great or could you not um, hear it? Or It was soft. You could barely hear it. Yes. Judy saved her voice for the recording. She didn't yell and scream and hit the high notes. When you were doing stills of people, the director would not be on the set. It would just be you Mm -hmm. and the actor on the set. Uh So would that be during, like, breaks between shooting? Yes, it was between breaks. I was taking them in costume, and I took at least five photographs of Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison and My Fair Lady in costume. They were set aside for me for at least 20-minute break. What was Hepburn like? Good, yes. You ever have any contact with the other Hepburn, Catherine? I had one contact with Catherine when she visited the studio, Burbank studio, I said, let me take a photograph of you, and she refused. 
and she said, I am uh, MGM star. You have contact with Kirk Douglas. Yeah. I don't remember much of him about it. And Vincent Price? Yes. Well, he was another gay one. Yes. He was absolutely fantastic in speech, and I bonded with him. You know, from our perspective, seeing these older films, we don't really get a sense of who were the really brilliant people necessarily. And you mentioned Price was. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know Orson Welles was. Mm -hmm. Who else did you meet who you think surprised you that way by being that way? Do you remember anybody Mm. in particular? Robert Preston was an intelligent guy. Robert Mitchum was an excellent guy. Deborah Carr. When you were talking to these people, dealing with them, I mean, I've spoken with a number of actors, and some of them focus on their acting, and Mm -hmm. that's what they do. And some of them just see it as a day job, and they walk away, and their real thing is painting or something else. Do you remember anybody who kind of just treated it, I mean, they might have been very good, treated it just as a day job? No, no. Everyone I spoke with is strictly professional. We would talk in the commissary at lunch about the morning shoot. Before we talked about how hard it was in the late 40s and the 50s to deal with politics, did that ease up in the 60s at all? Yes. And you were there for the rise of the anti-war movement. Jack Warner, he was in the pocket of Nixon, and he was extremely patriotic for the war, and he would never let anyone in this, the anti-war vision. Did you do any television photography, or was it all film? No, no. It was towards the, the latter years, six or seven, they were having distribution, Warner Brothers, and Seven Arts, and... God knows what. They would film on the Warner's lot. Also, that means you were there in the gay scene during AIDS. How did that affect the studios? I had many, many friends dying of AIDS. Characters, actors. Character actors. Uh Uh-huh. Well, by that time, you were with Eddie. Mm Mm-hmm. And you guys were together from the 70s until he died three years ago. I met Eddie 35 years ago. I was flying up here. This was Hollywood North at at that time in the 70s and 80s, and I was flying up here all the time. What were some of the films from the, the, the latter, the end of your career that you remember doing? The Shining and Oh God, Part Two. Witness, Impulse, Goodfellas. Did you have that much contact with Scorsese? One time. Well, what about uh, Kubrick? Because you worked on The Shining. Do you remember what he was like? Professional. That means you also worked with Nicholson. Was he easy to work with? No, no. He was opinionated. I had a 
10-minute shoot with Nicholson, and he said, I will tell you what to do. He directed the camera all over the place. And you'd been doing this for 40 yes. years by then. Uh-huh. Did you ever work again with Brando? Two films. I did a, a Western with Brando. Missouri Breaks? Yes. Did and he remember you? Yes. And he was big and fat. And I didn't want to go to bed with him. <laughs> <laughs> when did you leave Warner's? 1993. What happened? Did you re- he tired. And when you moved up here, how did you become a theater critic? I founded Talk and Broadway, 1994. I founded it with John Gillespie, who was in Las Vegas. I retired in 1993, and I didn't have no place to go up here. And I said, I will take up knitting and gardening, and what the hell, I will found a website. Three persons founded website. One year before, I was on the Sondheim website. I decided to found Talking Broadway in 1994. I sold it to a New York concern in 1999. I have written over 1,200 reviews. Do you miss the camera? No. I take photographs with my digital camera after parties, and I've taken photographs of you. At the age of 91, Richard Connema is currently working on his memoir and continues to write theater reviews at TalkinBroadway.com. To listen to more of these interviews, go to my website, BookWaves.com, or find the BookWaves and ArtsWaves podcasts at kpfa.org. Or you can subscribe to both podcasts via iTunes. Until next time, I'm Richard Walensky on the Area 941 Radio Walensky Podcast.